Prepare to enter the Elf Tree. Hi there, world. Hi to everybody. I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And as um, always, yeah, we and, are hi there. And, <laughs> and we are hi there. Collectively. Yes. Um, Collective solely. Yeah. We are, uh, we're going to drop some magic on y'all asses. Mm, yes. Speaking of magic. Blue magic. Blue magic brought to you by, uh, that I didn't know yeah, that existed. Today's episode. Yeah. Well, this is, it's a, it's a, a new strain. You know, we got a cell, well, celebration. We got a, we got a. We're, we're departing. It's a, a milestone, right? Yeah, exactly. We got a, a milestone approaching in in a couple of different ways, but we'll fucking we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get there. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, thanks for uh, joining us again this week. We really appreciate all the listeners. We've been actually kind of been tediously watching our numbers a little bit. <coughs> uh, tediously, not tediously. I, was but say, like, I don't know if that's the right word. Like, um, uh, like per episode that we yeah, put up, we've been, been kind of checking on. our stats just to yeah. see if there's people listening, which. Yeah. Uh, our numbers are growing. It's pretty insane. They are. It's, uh, what did you say? We've got like 128 downloads yeah. of this most recent episode, mm-hmm. um, which is five away from the episode that came out two weeks ago. Yep. So we've, we've essentially doubled our numbers in a week. Yeah. Um, now it, to be fair, we, we ah, piggybacked is not the right word. Cause it, it, we weren't it's like vultures word. about it, but, no. um, it, it had a lot to do with the, the attacks in Paris and the fact that mm. we kind of, you know, I mean, that's what we were talking about. So our hashtags kind of correlated, um, and our, our topics were kind of in sync with what everybody was, was searching a lot of the, the week. We became worldly with our social media. Well, uh, a little bit, a little bit. Well, you know, we, we have a lot of worldly thoughts. I mean, social media, yeah. I don't know, social media, uh, it, it guides people's mentality, but I, I also feel like social media, I've always viewed social media like Facebook. You, you remember Zanga? Uh, oh, dude, and yeah. fucking MySpace, like those things were never, they were never active communities in my mind. They were, they were like my, like my little, uh, Pony. You, little cork board that, oh, you know, okay, a sure. teenage girl will have with all their <laughs> pictures from high school and tickets and the little ribbon they won. And you know, that was your cork board was the like blogs That's and how stuff. I always viewed it. You know, if I was going to have a Facebook or going to have something, it was just yep. going to be like, here's a moment in my life and documented. That's where it is. Yep. And that's where it is. But I've done this my whole life. Yeah. And, and these podcasts are just, they're the, the next step. It's the next step. You're littered all, all over the internet. Well, uh, I am, I am thoroughly documented throughout my life. Like yep. I have, I have video recordings of me from when I was a kid. My parents started this and, and videoed everything. And then I got into making short films. So my whole, especially my documented friend, friendship with Shelby and, and his brother, um, like we made all these short films, the, the Jedi dispute movies. Mm-hmm. And we made these jackass kind of rip off things. I mean, like, like people did, <laughs> what did you guys but do? On fucking, the- <laughs> uh, I mean, I jumped into, I jumped into the swimming pool and in, in the middle of February, it was like, oh, okay, it was like yeah. 20 degrees. I mean, it was, it was dumb stuff. We were like 15, 16 That's years That's like old. worse than stapling your scrotum. Uh, there was one actually that we did where, uh, we were in a racquetball court and somebody stood up at the wall and we were just oh. bashing each other with the racquetballs. Dude, that's those, those, those were painful. That could jack you up. Those were painful. Yeah. I mean, left some marks for sure. Yeah. Um, but those, that was like, 
a whole chunk of my my life and friendship with them uh, is documented through those yeah. those short films and the stuff. And then it kind of moved on into social media, Facebook and MySpace. Like there's a whole chunk of my life that pretty much everything I was doing is fairly well documented on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, now it's podcasting. Man. Now it's the podcasting and the short film work that we're actually producing and we're, we're kind of... Uh, trying to get trying to get going because that's that is the next stage in our lives. Yes, I was just thinking while you're describing all the stuff that you've done and how you've documented your life. That'd Boy, be- I could really go for a pizza. Boy, that's what you were thinking. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, but I think that'd be awesome to like go to like a website. You would have to put this together somehow. And thanks. Well, I mean, like I'm just trying to imagine volunteering it. It would be, me for work. Well, you know, but if you had like your timeline of your life on, on the planet as you started documenting things, okay. but you could literally drag this little, um, like a little nice. scrolling wheel across the, you know, this horizontal line. Oh that would no. Just- what you do is you drag you, your icon is like this thing that represents little baby me. Oh, and, and as you, you drag it, it and it fucking grows and uh, becomes me. And yeah, that's, that's dude, what it that'd is. Be incredible. It's, but it's like walking yep. fucking. Yeah, dude. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. That would be trippy. That'd be something I'd have to put together when I was like, when I hit 70, when I'm like, okay, twi- when your fingers can't type anymore, <laughs> no, shit. no, man, I'm my, my parents, I know so many people that are in their, their sixties and seventies that are so agile and, and you you know, write my memoirs. <laughs> they do take their teeth out, but, and then you get you to know. the, the high dare chapter. Yeah. Oh, the days of smoking guns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that again, part of, part of my life smoking weed is documented yeah. through podcasts because I was very early on in my life uh, uh, smoking weed that I, I started doing some of the shows with Shelby. And it's it's nice. It's nice to to have something that I can equate certain periods of my life with. It's Much like, like with uh, you, I imagine there are, there are some massive things that were going on in your life for each one of your albums and for each one of the people you went out on tour with. Like you could sure. probably equate some pretty massive things with, oh yeah, that was my first tour with Brandon. Oh, definitely. Or whatever, you know. So sorry, that was not like my impression of you by any yeah, I mean, means. That's... That was just a different voice so that the audience can know I wasn't talking through me. <laughs> no, I mean, but that I I mean we've said this before, or maybe I don't maybe we haven't. I don't know. We've said this to each other, but uh, you know, it's an interesting time that we get to record ourselves being high because it does drop the walls that we would essentially in normal conversations. Sometimes I put up walls and don't talk about certain things, but being high allows me to just not care. And so I can literally talk about things in a more honest way, I guess. Yeah. And, and I'm cool with that. Like there's parts of me that are kind of embarrassed that I'm doing this at times, but at the same time, I'm like, fuck it. I don't, I don't care. This is part of what we are doing at this moment in time. Yeah. And I do feel like I, I, learn a lot from listening to podcast shows because people are just sharing who they are. Maddie's losing it. She hates everything I'm saying. She's like, shut up, dad. Yeah. yeah. Your words mean nothing. Dad. Stupid bastard. Dad. No, but, uh, <laughs> dad. Daddy. Hey, hey, hey. Quit. No, but I do think it's important to learn from each other and, and that's what we get to do. And it's just one little element that helps us kind of drop the, you know, take the borders yeah, down. And, yeah. Well, and, you know, and podcasting for me, it adds a level of, it adds an additional level of, of stripping away any inhibitions for me. Yeah. Um, because when I'm, when I smoke, if, I mean, I usually will have to think, am I going to be around people? 
And, and I'll, I'll usually kind of make my decision based on that, but I, my brain runs a, a certain way. And so I sometimes will project what somebody's yeah. thinking of me in the actual throws of a conversation. If I'm high, if I'm like, they, they probably know. I'm, I mean, this is the typical stoner talk. I mean, that's, they know I'm high. No, People know I'm high. I mean, I, mean, I probably, here's the like way I justify idiot. it. As I Did go, I, I drops in my ass. <laughs> Sorry. Here's how I justify it. I think would a hobbit do this? And then that's all I need. That is all I need. Meaning would a hobbit second guess them, themselves? What do hobbits shit? do is they contemplate life and they, they find smoke, peace. They, they find Shire happiness weed. and they, they smoke shireweed. And ultimately they fucking destroy the one, one ring that was trying to rule the world. Yeah. And it took high ass hobbits to go on this journey. Well, so, and, and a fucking meth head like Gollum and a meth head like Gollum, you know, absolutely. Well, and, and you know, wizards and some shit. I mean, isn't there like all connections to these kinds of things and magic mushrooms, like Gandalf's all fucking the, uh, tripping on psilocybin yeah, over there. Definitely. You know, I mean, it's, it's all of these things are, they're so skewed and used for everybody's, purpose like you know c.s lewis and tolkien and everybody's like very christian kind of uh, uh you know relations yeah, to those dudes, stories a lot. they read into occult shit they knew absolutely they, knew they were part of societies they I, you know educated themselves in order to do justice by their art by what they were doing i mean and it's it's i don't know i don't according know how active what, of a thing that was like according to history of like what's put down like these people were pretty well known. They were like celebrities of their time, these writers. Yeah. So they're putting together <laughs> books and stories that have such deep information that's privy to higher class society, yeah, which is how is. do you, you know, how do you create it's magic? It's really magic. It's kind of the alchemy of life where people have figured out how to, I mean, create the money system yeah. and create a way to get people to just operate under this umbrella. Yeah, I, it's, you know, it's, that's the, just as magic. It's funny you mentioned anything. the money system because that's, I read some quotes actually. I'm going to finally, I'm going to pull these up. It's going to be the, the way I launch into the topic I was oh, actually going to talk nice. to you about. Um, there are some quotes here from people involved in money throughout history. And some of them are just jaw dropping to me. Like when I was reading them, I'm like, oh my God, so the, <laughs> these people are saying this. Okay, the some of them are like from bankers. Essentially, these are um, famous quotations on banking. So there's some stuff I'll read a little, little bit later that some of the presidents said. Um, but then there are three sections, quotes by politicians, quotes by bankers, and quotes by others. And the quotes by the bankers, you know, I, I, I have a hard time understanding how somebody can f- can come up with some of these ideas knowing full well what it's going to do to people. No, I mean, it's that I feel, I feel that I don't do it justice by calling it evil because I can conceive evil. I can't conceive this. So this, to me, <laughs> you've got to be like fucking evil. It's you some know? really dark You got to be shit. feeble, dude. Yeah, feeble. All it's right. like feeble goes west. Feeble goes <laughs> No, I love that movie though. The Five oh. Goes West was, I liked it better than fucking yeah. American What was the song? Uh, Somewhere out Yeah, there. dude. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Amschel Rothschild said, let me issue and control a nation's money and I care not who write the laws. Yeah, it seems a little irresponsible. I mean, that was that is the shortest quote on this entire website and that spoke volumes to me. Because if you control people's money, then it doesn't matter what they say is the rule of the house and what we're going to do. If they don't have the money to do it, 
They, you're not going to do it. It's not yeah. going to happen until you do something that makes me want to give you this money back. And it's just, I don't know. It's bizarre. It's interesting because it's, that's such a, it's very crazy how that they're placing themselves above society, like above being a part of something that does affect them. Like, I just want your money system. I'm going to control your monetary system. I don't care what you do with your people. Like that's such a weird, that's non-leadership. That's not leadership. It's you know not, what I mean? It's not. It's, it's, it's complete and utter fabricated. Uh, it's dark. It's really dark to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, what is the fucking <laughs> word I'm trying to think of? Man, blue magic. Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. I mean, it's, it's just this contrived, you know, trap of a situation. The Rothschild Brothers of London writing to associates in New York, 1863. So this is 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. The few who understand the system will either be so so interested in its profits or so dependent upon its favors that there will be no opposition from that class. While on the other hand, the great body of people mentally incapable of comprehending the tremendous advantage that capital that capital derives from the system will bear its burdens without complaint perhaps without even suspecting that the system is is inimical inimical i don't even know what that word is i should look that up to their interests basically it's saying if people understand what's going on here they're going to be so beholden to it that they're not going to raise a, a ruckus yeah and the people but the vast majority of the people are who are going to be bearing this burden don't even understand what's going on yeah and they don't even know that it's what's going to destroy us i mean yeah. destroy them you know well, i guess because the rothschilds were writing that it is it is merely a construct you know it is it's like it's just well, an institution that exists and people agree to allow it to exist and i mean they signed the federal reserve act oh yeah a uh, hundred years ago now woodrow, woodrow wilson signed it in uh, 1913 okay but it went into action i think in the 1915 is when it started to actual actually operate okay here but yeah so the federal reserve went into action a hundred years ago yeah so and again like looking into even some of the board members that are on the current Federal Reserve, these yeah. guys have worked in the IMF. Mm. They've worked in so many different levels of banking yeah, all of over the world, um, out of Israel, like crazy stuff. Well, but they're all all these all these people yeah. are literally working at the same top of the chain that management over all the rest of the operations of societies yeah. across the globe. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how our current system that is so unjust has been existing for a hundred years. And what's our overall assessment of this now machine that we are saying just has to be there because there's nothing we can do about it now. Right. It's interesting. It's like an assessment. We gave 100 years of this thing in operation to assess what it's done to the planet. Yeah. And there's still poverty. But we didn't even, in my opinion, we shouldn't have even needed a hundred years to determine that this system is not for our benefit. Well, and do you know why? Can you can you guess why? Because it's built to benefit just the banking. Well, <laughs> uh, in the in the sense that I mean, history fucking showed us within fifteen years we had the Great Depression. Oh yes, the Great yes. Depression came within fifteen years of the Federal Reserve being signed into law, and that in and of itself shows that that's there's there's some fucked up shit well that and before that there were other panics that happened yes like financial panics that yes. is 
what it caused this to even be an issue. Like where some, where people came together and were like, we need to create this central banking system here so that we can protect, you know, our own operations, I guess. Yeah. I, I didn't necessarily understand. I, I, I do understand a unified country's, you know, economy and financial structure is going to be more strong than the, the segregated separated States. I get it. Yeah. I mean, why can't it all be the, the States as an integrated web as opposed to the federal reserve, which is an entity that has its claws in 12 different areas of the country? But that's the no, part it's I got its claws all over the world. Like. Well, I, I mean, sure. But as far as the Federal Reserve Banking System goes, in the United States, it's the Federal Reserve Bank, and then there are 12 branches yes. throughout the entire country, which are the, like the, you know, the actual physical But those are private banks. Into. That's Those are all private banks. Right. Or state banks. Well, they're not, they're not government banks. No. The, no. Well, they're not federal banks, I guess that I should right. say. And I don't think they're, they're state banks either. I think they're they part are of private the federal, banks. Yeah, but I don't think they're. What, okay, so what are you what are you saying is a private bank versus a state bank? Um, a private bank being that. Hold on, let me find. Let's do this. Let's do this. We're gonna yeah, we're I mean, gonna pull is, some stuff. This is up. new. This is new for me. Like I I kind of read through this yesterday and today, and I'm I'm trying to make heads and tails of it. But okay, it was, I don't want to. I just don't want to mislead. So I'm gonna read it no, straight. No, no, from, that's great. Private banks are banks owned by either an individual or a general partner or partners with limited partners. Private banks are not incorporated. In any such case, the creditors can look to both the entirety of the bank's assets as well as the entirety of the sole proprietor's general partner's assets. So it's a group of people putting all their money together. Okay, so if you and I made it rich and we found 10 other people that also made it rich and we just pooled all of our money together, we could be considered a private bank. Yes. I mean, if we do all the right paperwork and shit. Yes, exactly. Suck the right dicks. <laughs> Sorry. A state bank is generally a financial instance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, you I motherfucker. Did it. I did it. Right. I broke him. A state bank is uh, generally a financial institution that is chartered by a state. It differs from a reserve bank in that it does not necessarily control monetary policy. Oh, okay. So, okay. Okay. Um, so that's that. Okay. But instead, are, usually offers only retail and commercial services. Okay, so that's uh, so the twelve. Uh, that's the other thing I was I was also reading about the Federal Reserve is that the the twelve branches were designed for you know the kind of the regions of the country so that they could make that mon- monetary policy based on what's good for the Southwest versus the Northwest versus the for sure. you know the Southeast. I'm just naming different cardinal directions. Like, <laughs> you know. A federal bank. Uh, Limited is a major Indian commercial bank in the private sector headquartered. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is a physical bank. What is this? The federal bank. Cause I was like looking into a federal bank and this is an actual banking. Sorry. I didn't mean to go into that one. No, we can cut okay. that shit out. That's all right. But yeah, I mean, uh, Woodrow Wilson, the guy that freaking signed the federal reserve into action. Did you ever hear his famous quote? Yes, I, I I read it on this uh, on this website. Go for it. Oh, I am a most unhappy man. I have unwittingly ruined my country. A great industrial industrialized nation is now controlled by its system of credit. We are no longer a government by free opinion, no longer a government by conviction and the vote of the majority, but a government by the opinion and duress of a small group of dominant men. 
and duress is threats, violence, constraints, or other actions brought to bear on someone uh, to do something against their will or better judgment. Was that part of the quote as well? No, okay, I added that Okay, in. yeah. Because it said, yeah. like, when I was reading it, it was like, um, uh, by the opinion and duress. I was yeah. like, what does that mean, the duress? Yeah, yeah, oh, right. okay. I, I knew what it meant, but I wanted, like, the exact meaning. And yeah. that's what I found. I was like, oh, that's very... Well, but I mean, the presidents had been had been warning against this for, for years. I mean, the, there are a bunch of these quotes over here. Um, I mean, Thomas Jefferson said, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. I mean, very, <laughs> very basic thing. I mean, you know, Thomas Jefferson's a father of one of the fathers of our country. Um, you'd think that people would give him the time of day. All right. You know? Here's another Wilson quote. If there are men in this country big enough to own the government of the United States, they are going to own it. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't they? If you can go and overpower a little kid and take his candy bar, why wouldn't you? Mm. Well, I mean, because you're a good, yeah, you would be a good person being, and not want to be. But unless you're trying to save people. that kid from all the sugar and all the terrible things that well, he was about to put in his body. That's true. But then that's again, true. it's that kid's choice, right? Unless his parents. No, I mean, Nickelodeon <laughs> kid's choice. I'm trying to justify the, uh, the tyrant taking candy from a baby. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that you can, but you know, here's another one. A little group of willful men representing no opinion, but their own have rendered the great government of the United States helpless and contemptible. That was from Woodrow Wilson as well. Helpless and contemptible. I don't know what that word means though. What does contemptible mean? Let's look, let's get in it. Deserving contempt, despicable. So despicable. (laughs) <laughs> I guess that's so, the word he was probably referring to. Man, I don't want you to have to read the quote again, but now, now that I know that word, read the quote again. <laughs> a little group of willful men representing no opinion but their own have rendered the great government of the United States helpless and despicable. Got it. The government, not the people. I see. Not the people. Yeah, yeah and despicable. Sure. Uh, I mean, it, it's, I mean, so many people complain about the government and nobody does anything to change it. They just vote for the people that they think is the least bad that's paraded in front of them. And that's yeah. about, this was what's about to happen again. We've I feel like the year. whole presidential elections, doesn't it feel like it's all lopsided? <clears throat> like if people really wanted change in the world, they wouldn't be doing these primaries with all these presidential, because it really doesn't matter ultimately who gets in that position. Because if you get enough good people in the actual branches of government, yeah, yeah. then you're going to have full on oversight of people that are really working for the people. Right. But instead but it's now the president distraction of this distraction of this. So no one, when they go to the polls, people don't know who the hell, who the hell they're voting for other than the president. And then right. they just kind of, yeah, I definitely don't, you know, Oh, I saw this guy's name on everybody's yard more than this guy's name. So I'll just go yes. ahead. And-, and that's those, I mean, you know, I was, when we were learning government in high school and that is, those are techniques that literally go on, you know, people will try and flash bomb people's yards with, with signs on the way to, you know, registered polling places so that, because there are people who go to a polling place and they think whose sign did I see the most of? And that's who they vote for because they just don't care. And I don't know. I don't know whether that is worse than not voting. I, I kind of have, I don't know, I just have a, I feel for people because there's a direct reason people have stopped caring. It's because it's, a, you know, everyone's kind of dealing with 
no one has time to care no. anymore because no. everyone's so burdened with the jobs that they have, the kids, everything that well, comes the jobs with that they have to have surviving yeah. this domino effect of a system that's really it could work well, but yeah. it's just not. It's not really doing anything. It hasn't stopped poverty. It's really indebted everyone into it. Right. And it kind of creates I don't know, it kind of reverberates a very negative thing. And I mean, you were saying you've got a bunch of banker quotes and you know, I don't really necessarily, it's hard because it's like, it is a negative issue, but at the same time, there are positive ways to look at what we do have Yeah, that could be working better if we figure out a way to communicate to enough people um, about caring, I guess, having integrity, you know? Yeah. Like have something, like Lady Gaga just did this summit where she was sitting there talking. She started this foundation. She's completely enlightened on a lot of shit. And yeah. she's literally trying to share that with kids that she's met <laughs> where she's calling them a mirror. She's like, they're a mirror. I am them. They are me. Like we, like her whole thing that she's pushing is people being able to share their emotions and why they're sad, why they feel this way instead of covering it up and saying, oh, huh. you know, just take these pills for your depression instead of let's get to the root of why you feel depressed. And there's so many kids, so many people period out there that are dealing with it. Myself included, I deal with depression Yeah, and I don't want to go take pills to like fake my way past something that I feel stems from the conditions of our planet. Like I do feel very much affected because of what is going on uh, that's out of my hands. And right, right. I mean, know. there are, there are far better ways to approach any sort of mental illness than just going to the doctor and getting pills for it. I mean, there, it, so many people that. Well, I can't say that I know a whole lot of people that have been put on like medical regimens and stuff like that. But when I do, when I do meet those people, my brain wants to ask a lot of questions. Well, you know, mm-hmm. kind of what what led you to this decision. Or was this the first thing that you chose? You know, like some people, the first time, the first sign of knee pain or back pain, they'll go into a surgeon and they'll be like, "We got to work on this." Oh, yeah. I've had some, I've had some back issues in my in my day. I've had some. I mean, because I was a dancer, I did theater, and all. I mean, I was very active when I was growing up, even up through you know twenty years old, twenty five years old. Like I. I, I know how to run. I know how to do these things, but it also means that I'm going to be sore. I'm going to be sore and I'm going to do things that will tweak my back for a couple of weeks. And, you know, do you I, still pull some dance moves every now and again. Yeah. Every once in a while I'll do some pirouettes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you really like no, ever? Oh. No, no. I mean, I can, I know, I, I know I can, but I mean, having no, the I skill, don't. it's like, I wonder if like, I, do you ever the, exercise those skills? The, gr- the grace. Yes. I, I feel like I'm very coordinated with the way I walk, the way I conduct my, my, movements and behaviors all because of dancing. Yeah. You don't spill too many cups. Well, like that. that the see that's me being clumsy. I think that's a little bit different than me like being aware of my body and where yeah. I'm going, especially my relation to other people. I, I blame that on theater and 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 dance for sure. Unless the wolf is I mean, dude, when you're fucking when you're dancing and you're supposed to like haul ass across stage doing these things, if you run into somebody, it's gonna hurt. Oh yeah, you've like got football. to be aware of who's around you and where they are. The biggest thing that I ever did to my back was was at a time where I I don't remember if I was not aware of what somebody else was doing or they were not aware of what I was about to do. Um, but I you know I did this this dance move and I like you know j- leapt off this box you know in the air and then landed. 
but somebody like darted in front of me just as I'm like approaching and oh. stepping onto this box. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to land on somebody. So I like kind of like flail up and tense up and I land in a particular way that it just it kind of oh, tweaked my back. Man. Like it was OK. But for for years after that, I dealt with a lot of, of very tender muscle, like, you know, uh, sporadically. So who was off their mark? Let's bad. call them out. Let's call I see. I have no, I, that again. I don't. Dude, I don't remember what happened. You know, it was something that was still fairly new in rehearsals, yeah. so it, it hadn't gotten into our like muscle memory and stuff yet. But did you ever witness any crashes? Like people just like hitting hard. Oh yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It kind of stops it's, everything. It's painful. Yeah. It's def- it's definitely not not fun. I've done it. You know. You know. You run into some people from time to time. Man. At least it's not a a uh, like a metal bar, like yeah. something that doesn't move. You know, like yeah. running into a wall or something. That that's got to be that's gonna be painful. Um, so dancing, it is a dangerous sport. It is a dangerous sport. But again, like I said, people's first uh, their first solution is to go get surgery for it. Take drugs and get surgery. That's what you need. And I've not had I've not had a single surgery because of my back, because of any of my my knee, you know, my shoulder gives me problems from time to time. I pay attention to how I conduct myself mm-hmm. and how I hold my body and and the the warm ups that I do. You know, when I go riding my bike, I stretch. You know, when I can. And um, I've never had surgery. Neither has my mom. My mom has suffered from some severe back pain for a long time, and she's just learned how to strengthen her core and you know hold herself. You know exactly. Nice. You just, yep. Joe just fucking sat up straight. Yeah. He's like, oh, like a like a schoolboy. Yep. You know, kind of got everybody knows proper posture. I feel that proper posture just feels right, and if people did more of that, I feel that we'd have a lot less people addicted to. It's easier too. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna strengthen your core. Cause that is basically all your like stomach muscles and stuff. Yeah. Uh, cause sitting up straight is not easy after a while. Like, like naturally you kind of hunch over because our cores aren't very strong. So if you can do push up or not push ups, if you can do like, uh, what, is, what are those called? The, on the ground. Oh, what is it called? It's a planks. Move. planks, planks, planks. Yeah. 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 Gosh. I used to remember that word by pirates. Sorry. Yeah, I'm planks. <laughs> Walking um, the planks. Yeah, walk in the planks. No, those are good in sit-ups. Uh, they strengthen your core, so yeah. it makes it easier for you to support your back. Also right. doing things for your back. Like, there's muscles back there that... I, yeah. I mean, I can feel when They're I don't... They're designed to hold you up. Yeah. It's, it's like... Definitely. It's like... Uh, I don't know. I'm going to compare this to something I've never worn before, but I imagine if you buy a bra that's like, has two, your straps are too loose or something like that. Yeah. Your whole body's going to like hunch forward. Cause you know, <laughs> you know, so you got to like strengthen those muscles, your, your, your lats and, and your traps and your, your shits and yeah, no, what's, yeah. <laughs> your glutes. I mean, your fucking glutes, man, your yeah. glutes are going to, they are what have helped me, my core and, and strengthening, you know, my, my leg really have helped me understand how to hold myself so that my lower back is no longer as volatile as it was. Yeah. You know, there were days where I couldn't get out of bed and it was, it was that bad. I would yeah. go for days and days hunched over. I Water looked like out. a fucking, I looked like, you know, I'm like bent over at almost a 45 degree <laughs> oh, angle. It's damn. bad. It was so bad, man. Damn. And I'm 21 years old. Yeah, when this is happening, this is, it's not right. And you're past that point. Oh, I'm, so you I'm never had, yeah. See, that's, that's the incredible, uh, yeah. thing about patience. The incredible edible just, egg. Well, like in, in <laughs> thinking your way past it, instead yeah. of saying, I'm just going to take these things. That's what I feel about depression is you figure your way through depression. Like yeah. that's the most, I think having emotion and again, not to like 
deify Lady Gaga and her words, but I did think she had a lot of great shit to say. But one yeah. of the things she mentioned was, you know, emotions are the most important thing we have to literally tell us that there's something off. Yeah. Because our bodies naturally are going to feel something um, if they're being affected negatively by something. And so it's not necessarily going, oh, get over that. It's what's going on. Like, But it's, it's, it's you know, energies too. I mean, you can walk into a room and suddenly be hit with this wave of nausea. And it's not necessarily because you ate something wrong or, or you know, you're getting sick. It could be the, the mood of something that's going on in the Definitely. room. Definitely, energy. And, you know, I mean, those kinds of things do have real and true effects. Um, Definitely. So that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that Lady Gaga's not. Dude, I mean, she's I, doing I, stuff. There's, she's there's doing some real cool stuff. definitely some some method to her madness. And boy, is she mad. Yeah, I would say she's she's kind of crazy. Well, no, her I think public she's persona. Not. Excuse me. Her public persona is very off the wall. It's it it definitely has purpose. And I so never to really hear of purpose is great. That's what I that's what me. I never realized about her as an artist. Like I knew what she was doing was she was. Like like Marilyn Manson, he's miscon right. like people think he's just like of the devil, but the guy is a freaking artist. He figured out in a world where he was raised and oppressed and was like he was brought to church and he was like having to rebel and figure out ways to like survive. Yeah. yeah. Um, he turned that into his art. And yeah. so he knew he could shock the world so easily, especially at the time where no one was like him. Mm-mm. And you come out and all of a sudden you're dealing with the combating culture of you know, religious people, like people who don't see that as fitting in society because that's just too much of a shock when it had nothing to do with him physically trying to bring the devil into people's life. And it was more so him saying, just because I'm different doesn't mean that I shouldn't express myself this way. The biggest tell all is people's reaction to it. And that's where your society is, is when you see the reaction of the majority, that's kind of where you have to assess all right, are things kind of getting out of control here? Like, yeah. how, how are we supposed to be viewing life right now? It's art. How are you supposed to be viewing art? I mean, Michelangelo's David. Didn't he do David, the statue? Yes. Yeah, Michelangelo's David. What is that? It, he's not trying to get people to think a certain way. So why should we, why do we think that art has become that? Why do we think that Marilyn Manson's trying to recruit our children? And why do we think that the gays are trying to recruit all our kids to, you know, like- I mean, he's that, reaching out trying to find his own fan base, like the people who get him. But what know? I mean is, what I mean is he is expressing himself and his art is, is supposed to be left up to our interpretation and what it means to us. Mm-hmm. It's not ever intended. I don't believe it was ever intended to be like, I'm going to try and get as many people worshiping the devil as I possibly can. Right. I just don't think that you create people create art with that intent. I, I you know, the real nugget of intent, I guess, of real art, it can, I, I can't see how it could be to, to truly control people because then that's not art. It it's just not depends. designed Some people to be interpreted anymore. It's designed to be consumed and assimilated. Some people definitely make certain music because they want to get some vagina. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, I'm yeah. serious. Like some people yeah. are doing but I think the that's a perversion because, of it then. Well, it's, I think it's a perversion it's of what still, art well, is. It's still art. If you think about it, cause it's someone's sure. grand scheme well, is to right. literally, I mean, it's like, it's like contemplating, um, I don't know where I was going to go with that, but I was just, I was going <laughs> to say like all that to say Lady Gaga, like she's been very calculated with how she's been kind of expressing herself for a long time. Cool. And so it's neat to see her, 
trying to now use her platform yeah. to spread awareness. And she talked, she still says some heavy ass shit, dude, yeah. about some things that are going on. And at the very least, she has a platform to put some sort of like, she can make a ripple in the sea, you know? Like, and we all have that ability. I think we do, but she's got a big influence and she's spreading some really positive things that I am stoked. It makes me want to be more positive, even though I look at so much negative stuff and try to like make sense of it. It ends up pulling me into that side of just like, it's all fucked, you know? And I know that's not true. You know, people like that trying to get to the root of a problem, like your emotions is what, I mean, that you're taught that as a kid. I, I hope, I would hope that everybody gets taught that or learns that as a child, that it's, yes, you got to put a bandaid on it, but you know, when you scrape your knee, it's more important to realize why you scraped your knee rather oh, than yeah. just to put a bandaid on it. Yeah. You put a bandaid on a boo-boo because you're a whiny little kid and you need to, you know, get kiss it and make it better. But if you know, I was running on concrete and I just, you know, whatever. And I just mm-hmm. great, you know, that's, you're going to think it twice next time. I was listening to, uh, this podcast. I can't remember exactly who said it, but he was talking about just that. He was like, if you walk into a room and you have your little cup of tea and you spill it and it like spills on your desk, yeah. most people just go, what the fuck? And they have to deal with it. And you kind of don't really think about it. But what this guy was saying was, don't do that. Just take your cup, go back and rewalk in with your tea and set it down and pay attention to what you're doing the next time. So you never do it again. And, and then, it's literally just, yeah. it's just a practice. It's almost like, um, getting yourself to just me- like, how do you pray? How do you meditate or whatever? Yeah. It's a practice. You just do it over and over again. However, you know how until you eventually click into it and it becomes something that you can't explain to other people, you know? Hmm. It's, it's yours. It's, well, there is there is truth in that. There is truth in the second you see something that you're doing that could be doing could be being done a different way. You owe it to yourself to explore that. You know, changing your mind. That's why <clears throat> instead of getting mad at yourself, that's I think what it is. It's like don't get yes, mad at right. yourself and 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 punish yourself that way. Gosh. Just relearn it. It's funny. For computers. It's funny. Martin mentioned this quote, and I wish I knew who it was, but he mentioned a quote that somebody. Somebody suggested when you talk to yourself, when you look at yourself and critique yourself, talk to yourself like you're a seven-year-old. Interesting. You're not going to, you're not going to be like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck are you fucking doing? You son of a bitch, which I, I'm guilty. I will look, uh, you know, well, I'm going to, I've said that to myself over a lot of things. For sure. But I would never say that to seven-year-old me. So over the past like two months, I've been, you know, whenever I have those internal monologues in my head, I'm like, okay, wait, 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 seven-year-old Ian, let's see how I would, how I would handle this differently. How would you say it? Like, what would you, you do? You know, uh, give me a situation. Um, okay. You just get home and you're kind of not feeling too great. Like you maybe had a stressful day. So you go and you're just like, I'm going to brush my teeth. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, there's me. Oh, seven-year-old me. And you're just like, I don't know. I'm trying to. Okay, make I'll, let me get a little more. Is that, was, <laughs> last sorry, week, dude. last week, and this this kind of started this this little kind of weird week for me. Um, but last week we were kind of arranging that Friday evening, and I got overwhelmed, and I kind of watched myself dive into this kind of funk. And since then, I've had you know little moments where I just kind of think to myself, and I'm like, why the hell did I do that? 
Mm-hmm. And so instead of being like, man, why the fuck did you do that? You're going to run these people off and you're going to end up with no fucking friends and you're going to end up, you know, just sitting here. And then I start thinking and worrying about, and then you're going to fucking go broke because you haven't been working and blah, 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 and all this kind of shit. And that's the way it, so when I talk to seven year old me, it's like, Hey man, you, uh, you kind of lost your cool there for a little bit, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of saw it coming, didn't you? Like, is yeah. there anything that you could have done differently? Like, let's just next time, just, just, just take a couple deep breaths, mm-hmm. like let it happen, but don't focus on it or something like that. Like, and, and don't put water ha- on the mogwai. <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> you mentioned this before the other day, you know, that's gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. Turn, you put water but, on them, turns into a little monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because we do. Don't we, get them we wet, don't feed them after midnight. It's like we like look ourselves, it's like what we do with ourselves is like all of a sudden, oh, you did this. Yeah. And you like kick yourself in the shins and then you're like, oh, and then you did this and you like kick yourself in the gut. Yeah. And you just keep going until it gets worse and worse and you're like, what am I doing? Yes. Why it's am very, I doing this? The digger, the digger, the uh, deeper you <laughs> dig the hole, the much harder it is to, to dig yourself back out. Yeah. And you don't dig yourself back out, you climb out. Um, or you could build a ramp. You know, going back to trying to solve any sort of like fucking economical problem at its core versus just putting, you know, a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. Like raising taxes. That is just a Band-Aid for somebody, for a government that is spending more than they're taking in. So instead of cutting back what they're spending, they need to take more in. Right. And that's the way... I don't necessarily, I'm not calling my brother out on it, but he's, he's currently in this kind of a position with, with he and Lindsay. Um, the work that they're doing is, you know, it's giving them enough money to live, but you know, they're kind of, they, they're, it's tight because they spend something like $400 a month on the birds, the birds that are supposed to be helping bring in income, which now they are now they've, they've kind of gotten more gigs, but you know, even six months ago, it was kind of like, yeah, I mean, we're not making this extra 400 bucks. So yeah, it's like the, this cost. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, well, then the two options, you, and I told him this, the two options you have are you've either got to find ways to make more money or you have to find ways to cut your expenses, which means not having some of these birds, you know, but like they're not got gonna, 18 birds. What about taking it out on the birds? That was, well, yeah, you just you, <laughs> rattle their cages. They work it off. They work so it terrible. off. Um, oh. No, they, they, it was never going to be an option that they were going to not have any one of those birds, but they kind of worked on, okay, so the next thing they needed to do was make them more money, yeah. which they have been, and they've been been doing a lot more. Dude, of the what a job. That stuff. would be so incredibly difficult. Yeah. And yeah. I, hats off to them, because that is- It's very is, much a two-sided job. It's, yeah. it's an amazing, dude, that's like when, when you think about humanity, mm. that is humanity. It's mm. people who just want to fucking share these birds with what they, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they want to do their shows and they love these animals they so much. They want to educate and, and conserve. That's, that is their goal. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely- But to, I mean, to tie know. it in, yeah. they're, they're living and working within a system that requires that to meet their expenses, they have to make all that much money. Versus cutting back on expenses, which, you know, kind of, if you've got a government that's way overspending on certain areas, why aren't we pulling back no, on Terry. these kinds of things? <laughs> well, that's, that leads up to right before the 16th Amendment. The 16th Amendment is income tax. And it was signed into law right before Woodrow Wilson came about. So I was reading up on it. Beforehand, there had been like two different sets of income taxes. One was for the Civil War in 1872, um, and then, uh, whoa, 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 sorry. Uh, cause the people needed to fund the war that was to protect them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, anyways, the, 
the important part is <laughs> wars. Wars were what prompted Congress to implement income taxes first. Um, Congress did introduce an income tax to fund the Civil War through the Review Act of 1861. It levied a flat tax of 3% on annual income above $800. Which in 1861, I mean, do you think you would have been in that percentage of the population that was making $800 a month? Just depends on how, uh, you know. Oh, annual. What the music business was like. Okay, okay. So this (laughs) is $800 a year. If you made $800 a year, you owed the government 3%. Mm -hmm. Flat. Everybody. 3% 3% of yep. your annual income, which is nothing compared to what it is now. But it was something that, let's see, that act was replaced the following year with the Review Act of 1862, which levied a graduated tax of 3 to 5% on income above 600 and a specific termination of income tax in 1866. So it had an expiration date. And it was literally just to fund this war. I wonder what the average household did per month. I don't know. That you know would be, those would be stats to, to look up. Like maybe. this 600 cool. a month with like you would be, because right now I know there's different tax brackets for people who have more money. Right. So I wonder if these are specifically to people who are starting to make money. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting to you thinking about like war and them using war to tax people. Yeah. It, I, and it's dom- it was domestic. If we weren't fighting, we wouldn't have this added expenditure. It, it was a domestic war. It almost yeah. seems like just seeing the timeline. Seriously, I'm just now thinking this. It almost seems like it was what was used. It was a ruse. It was created just to see if it would be possible to tax people for well this uh, kind of shit. L- let me shine. Let me shine this little twist on it. Possibly the people who orchestrated the banking system and then you know the taxes and all that kind of stuff jumped on an opportunity. Possibly, definitely, that maybe, definitely maybe they you know possible. instead of masterminding, you know, because again, I cannot fathom. I cannot fathom somebody wanting money so badly that they are going to indirectly start a war, start a war. Well, directly start a war, but indirectly kill. What, what about what about things that are it. going on right now? I like, know, I know. And this the is, this is done, me like, being this is me being naive, but that maybe stuff like that, knowing it's going on, but still not being able to connect with it, is 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 a good thing in my mind because I, it gives me the ability to still have hope for humanity. Yeah. Because if I can't get to that mindset, then it means that there are, there are others out there that can't get to that mindset. Therefore, we can we can overrule that kind of shit. Yeah. It's just a lot of misguided people, I guess. I mean, <sighs> cause ultimately it's hard for me to like, even knowing certain things that have come out about what people have done that has caused people to die, like yeah. genocide and stuff like that. Even yeah. then I'm like, well, that's so terrible, but I still feel so bad for the person who did that because they are at the point in their life where that's what they did. That is their 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 only choice. Their what do they do outcome. with their two hands? Yeah. Remember that little thing? Like no. if, if there's a kid in a classroom hitting another kid, hmm. a teacher goes, okay, instead of like call this kid out in front of all the other kids, make yeah. him get embarrassed, and then he, you know, it psychologically damages this kid. She gets everybody in their chairs and says, Okay, everybody take out your hands and put them in front of you. and look at them, like, look at your palms, look at your, you know, turn them up, you know, show each side of your hands to yourself and then move your fingers around. I'm dehydrated, bro. Yeah, me too. And then wiggle your fingers. You have the ability to do that. 
your hands have the ability to make amazing pieces of art. Mm -hmm. You can make unbelievable pieces of art. And these, these hands also have the ability to squeeze the life out of a, out of a life. Yeah. And, you know, looking at your hands, what are your hands doing? What do you want to do with your hands? Cause you choose. So this teacher was able to literally, I'm probably, she probably way simplified it, but yeah. she literally was just let the kids look at their own hands and realize it was up to them to, to, to decide if they're going to be that person that's going to harm other people or if they're going to make beautiful things hmm. that people want to be a part of and want to gravitate to, you know? I'm curious if it made any difference to the child that was being the bully, that was hitting. I think he essentially... Uh, put another kid in a concussion. Like I was going right to say, no, I was going to say it's, it's, you know, <laughs> squeeze the life. That's still, I mean, yes, it's a teaching moment, but I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what, what disciplinary actions for kids would be appropriate. Like I, I just, I don't know. A ruler and, and across by, the hands. By appropriate, I mean effective, I suppose. I, and I'm not saying anything goes, but a punishment's not effective if the child does, goes and does the exact same thing. They've got to learn. It's like, you have to think of it as, as like a, a computer system. Spare the rod. Well, think about it. If you had a, a droid, an, and like a robot, you can't tell a robot what to do. It's going to essentially, if you know this robot has the ability to think for itself, then it has the ability to understand why it shouldn't do a certain thing. And if you're, I mean, it's, I, I don't know what that is, but it's, there's like this fundamental, everyone knows it's weird to like hurt someone else. You know what I mean? So that's like ingrained in us to like har physically harm someone is a very crazy thing to do. Only because for me, I only know that, well... I'll say if my parents hadn't, you know, told me it's not good. I think the thing inside me that would have, uh, the thing inside me that showed me that it's not right to hit people is the fact that I didn't want to be hit. Yeah. I didn't want to get hit. So I don't want to hit. But some kids that like grow up getting hit. Yeah. They don't really like people that get abused. Mm -hmm. Like they don't really think necessarily that same way. Like you were in a peaceful environment where, right you just didn't have to deal with that. So, yeah. you know, so I don't know if it's like, well, my dad hit me, so I can totally take a punch. So I'm going to take out my aggressions on this person. Cause I don't care what I get. Cause you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, almost a weird way to think you were almost spared having that kind of downloaded into your mind yeah. into, into something that you even had to think about. You just knew I don't want to get hit cause that's going to suck. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't going to do any good. All that me getting hit was going to do is make me want to hit that other person back. Yeah. So why would I, why would I want to be the person that gets hit first? Because then it just means that that person is going to hit me harder because they're, yeah. they're angry about it. It's like that you kid know. that pushed me in the locker when I was uh, like, I was never bullied except yeah. for like one time. Yeah. Um, physically, it was just this one time I was pushed into my locker, like in while it was open. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got like kind of, Oh no, jacked like my shoulder in your locker. Yeah. I was pushed into my locker. <laughs> Did they close um, it? No, 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 no. I kind of okay. just like, I hit my head really hard. I was like, Ouch. fuck. And, um, I kind of turned around expecting like, okay, well what's going to happen now? Cause I didn't really know who the hell it was. Yeah. I always felt like there's this over looming bully thing yeah. that was kind of starting to well up in my life. Like hmm. I did. I remember it kind of starting to rise where I was like, am I going to, am I going to get bullied? Is this going to happen to me? Yeah, you know, like yeah. I start feeling people like, like pointing me out, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. Like you're being surveilled. Yeah. Like people would like throw little comments here and there, but, um, really? Oh yeah. Man, you were being yeah. targeted. I was being targeted, but it went away after this event where 
these kids pushed me into the locker and I kind of just hit my head. So I wasn't like going to fight anybody. My head was fucking in pain. Yeah. Yeah. But I did turn around. I was like, Oh, why did you do that? And I just posed the question and they were just like standing there and they didn't really say anything. They just kind of looked at me and they were like, I asked them something their parent would ask them, I guess. Yeah. Like, cause that's what I, I don't know. That's all I knew to ask was like, (laughs) why did you do that? Why did you do that? Like, cause I think they saw that I was physically hurt and then I don't know, it just dissipated, but they never bugged me again. And that was, yeah, it was weird, man. Like the rest of my middle school, cause in high school I didn't get bullied at all. It was like yeah. middle school and then maybe freshman year a little bit. Um, but I was also friends with all these people. It was like playful bully, but it was never anything physically uh, hurtful. You know? Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, did, did you have interactions with this person afterwards? Um, no, cause I ended up moving schools from that one. I moved out to Bernie, but I, I dealt with a little bit of that. So, so you got bullied and ran? I did. I, I skipped town. I fucking <laughs> packed up my little, uh, transformer suitcase. You got your little bindle stiff, you know, <laughs> and you got the, the, the corked on mustache. Yep. My pipe in my mouth. Fucking yeah. Right. You look this like all a, I need. Look like a hobo getting yeah, on a train. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I ended up moving cities and being a new kid in a small town. Like you definitely, like I, I made great friends, but then you kind of realize, oh, maybe these aren't necessarily the, because you're, you're attaching to people who are first taking you in. And sometimes yeah. they're, a, they're a little like, in, may, in my case, they were fucking amazing people, but nice. they were partiers. They were like crazier than me. And I was like, I am totally not a partier. So yeah, I can't, yeah. it freaked me out to kind of get involved in it. So I ended up having to like shift my friend circle a little Did bit. You? <laughs> yeah. I had to like fine See, tune I, it a little bit. I'm glad I didn't really deal with that. I, yeah. I didn't deal with the drama of public school. You know, I dealt with theater, but uh, I found my group of friends and we, we kind of, co- you know, collectively stayed together outside of where we initially met. So, yeah. you know, and I guess that's what happens in school. Like that's, but we just, it wasn't the constant drama. It wasn't all this stuff. This was a, this was an extracurricular activity that everybody enjoyed doing. Yeah. And was, you know, very well supervised and everybody was there for the, the, the same reasons. It wasn't because we had to be, that's the thing I don't you know necessarily dig about, about public schooling. Pub school. I mean, you just, you have to go. Yeah. yeah well, that in the curriculum is garbage. Like it's taught to just dumb kids down and it's not, I don't know. It's just not serving people. Well, it's, yeah. it's teaching people just to go and get a job and be in this, this, it literally is a regiment <clears throat> yeah. and people are forced into it. And I don't think people are necessarily, I mean, I know in a society, like if you're going to have a society that operates and works together, you've got to train people cause it's yeah. training, yeah. but I, I just they have to have social skills. I don't know. I think a lot of the a lot of the ways kids are being taught these days is to just take orders Yes, and people need to be free and free to think on their own. Otherwise all those people, cause people fear, Oh, if you let kids just do whatever they want and, and think for themselves and it's going to go c- crazy. That's not true. There's a lot of freaking intellectual ass motherfuckers out there who yeah. are being taught to just not ask questions. They're yeah. being taught to certain, like just do a, do a thing to make a good paycheck and they could be a real leader and, and they just take the money cause they were taught to not open their mouth and say something or question things or make something better. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm now the CEO of this company and I get to choose the integrity of this thing. Yeah. You know, like social media was one of the things again, back to Gaga, she was like, people should be held accountable. Like Twitter should be held accountable for what they're allowing all the negativity they're allowing to spread around the world. Right. That's just, and again, that would come into like censorship and all these things like, but it's, 
it is, a, there's an interesting point. We get to choose what kind of information we're passing around. Yeah. And the media has been developed into this monstrous thing that's really just churning right, such negative is, vibes. And, and the concept of retweeting, that is just regurg. I mean, it's literally regurgitating something that somebody else wrote. And if you follow that chain far enough up, it's going to be, you know, ABC or, or CNN or, you know, Bill O'Reilly. I mean, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going <laughs> to be somebody Don't get that motherfucker their... looking at our show. That yeah, guy's an insane dude. I don't give a shit about Bill O'Reilly. Um, he's going to, he, at the end of the day is still reading a teleprompter. Yeah. That's, you know, I don't care what he thinks. He's still the, the, the people that write the things are the ones who are, are having some semblance of original thought. And then the, the, no, the concept no. of retweeting. No, I'm being Bill. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's garbage. The the concept of retweeting <laughs> is just it's diluted it to the point where all I have to do is retweet because Jim Carrey retweeted something. Right. I don't know what Jim Carrey's really thinking, or I mean, and to be fair, I think Jim Carrey actually thinks a lot of shit through. I think he's a very but I think it's good to, I mean, individual. Think, but retweeting can be a very positive thing too because it you're can be. you're literally just spreading a message. It is what is the message? Because yeah. like. Dude, the majority of the internet right now is freaking negative. It's yeah. all negative churned. And I wonder if half of it is even real people doing it anymore. I wonder if it's all botted out. Like people know how to create this. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. second you start reading comments on an article, yeah. it's all negative. And is that really people doing that? Or could it be something that is in the disguise of people and keeps us just thinking about like, Oh yeah, that person's right. The negative, negative energy, 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 negative. You know what I mean? Like you start taking on that spell and it affects your day. It affects the way you end up perceiving things. It does. It does. Uh, people who, I mean, <clears throat> on their phones until they go to bed and on their phones the second they get up. I mean, they are just walking around like zombies. And I'll admit, I do, I do some of that from time to time when it comes to, you know, listening to a podcast or listening to something like I, I do like to have things going and I've, I've, I've found my ways to still have my original thought within those worlds of like having some music all on working and stuff like that. I, I, it, it gives me, it, it still gives me some trouble in terms of, um, keeping track of all of my thoughts, but I'm yeah. at least originally having my, my own thoughts and trying to come to the conclusions of, well, to, to the actual solutions of what it is that, that I've got going on. Like this past couple of weeks, like I said, I've, I've had kind of had this kind of funk thing going on. Um, and it kind of goes up and down and it's, you know, it, I'm, I'm confident that it has to do with the fact that we are going against the grain we're not necessarily even just standing still and letting the stream of the rest of the world wash, uh, uh, you know, why, uh, uh, sorry, uh, flow past us. Yeah. But we're actively going against it and, and forging our own path. And it just gets more difficult. The man who is swimming against the stream knows the strength of it. Yes, I read that too. Who said that? Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I mean- He was a smart ass dude. It, it's- it, very tough. It's, it was, it's been a very tough couple of weeks because, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, you, this it's, it's, it's beneficial. It's beneficial. I, I haven't worked the past couple of weeks, um, because I've been really focusing on the, the short film. I want to prepare this short film in a way that is going to be, it's going to pay us the money that we need in order to make it. And, and therefore it's just going to support us. And I, I feel like, 
I'm building towards our future mm-hmm. and all the work that I'm doing is it's necessary and will eventually have its benefits. Definitely. But it's, it gets really tough in the now when I'm like, yeah, okay, but rent's due in two weeks Yeah, and this and that. And, you know, I mean, I'm fine financially as, as of right now, but you know, once we get back from Texas, I'll, I'm, I'd like to have a couple of paying gigs for, the, for December. That'd be really nice to, to again, allow my, my active brain, the one that, that tries to put away those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, is like, yeah, yeah, you got to get this job. And so I guess that's what I've been kind of experiencing is this battle between emotion and logic. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I feel like when it comes to the emotions I've been feeling, my logic side has, has got to be the one to win out. Um, because if I, if I let my emotional funk over the past couple of weeks dictate the work that I've been doing, I wouldn't have done the budget. I wouldn't have done the schedule. I, we would not be as prepared as we are for this, this right. particular thing. So I'm glad that I pushed through it, but it was, it's, it's been a tough, it's been a tough thing because, you know, I mean, we're, we're doing something that we think is going to be awesome, but who knows if anybody else is going to buy into what we're doing. It yeah. has to be the best work that we can possibly do. And that's what I've been trying to give. And it's been it's been a roller coaster. I mean, I think those things absolutely pay off, and I feel like that's the only reason I'll even like making art at all. Yeah. Is when you're giving your all into something, like putting your just what you know how to do into something, yeah. or what you're figuring out how to do. Yeah, it kind of grows you in so many different ways. And the unfortunate collateral damage is uh, the very thing we've been talking about is we're all living under this uh, monetary system that keeps you. Hours. I mean, dude, I went and had dinner at this place last night and I was listening to the employees talk to, to each other and they're literally there all the time. Yeah. All the time. They were there. It was like 10. I mean, it wasn't 10. It was like eight, almost eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. And they're there till close and they were going to be there for a brunch early the next morning. And I'm like, dude, that's all your hours of your day. You go from school where you're around the same people most of your day to college where you're around the very same people most of your day to working in places like restaurants or service industries or offices where you're around the same people for most of your day. And they're not even mostly the people that you choose to be around. Yeah. It's not even your wife and kids, you know? Um, it's, and again, it's to make money. It's got to do with the fact that expenses versus, uh, income, is not something that's very well balanced in our country. And it's not something that, that we're getting a good example yeah. from, from our government and from the banking systems, you know. Stop it. Yeah, I definitely... It's, yeah, it's... Anyways. It's just, no, I was just going to say, like, it, it, to me, that's the most tragic aspect of life right now when I think about it. It's the fact that people are burdened by that. that we are a dependent burden culture. Yes. Fully focus on the things they really love, which I think would change the planet in so many crazy, amazing ways. I just really believe that somewhere deep down. I don't yeah. know why. It's like if people had the freedom to do everything they wanted without the, the crazy red line chasing you, you know, yeah, off in the distance or yeah. however close it is to nipping at your ass. Mm-hmm. It's people have to do all this other stuff just to sustain, sustained pretty well constructed system of businesses that yeah. only a few people are benefiting from really right. everyone else is, you know, getting their paychecks and it's fine, but yeah, so many hours. Yes. Yeah, so away from people's kids. It's like, damn, that's, 
it seems like like a globally conscious leader would do everything in his power to get people free from whatever keeps you from enjoying life with your family. Yeah, but that goes As back a majority to that, of your- that goes back to that quote about people understanding versus not understanding the system. Yeah. There are leaders in the world who I'm sure don't fully understand what is actually going on. They're only at work for seven hours a day. They're home for all these other hours, but eight, eight, seven, eight hours are sleeping. But the fact of the matter is that because of technology, we're not ever away from our office. You're, you know, if you, if you work a nine to five, your boss is texting you all the time to try and get you to do other things or put you back on a schedule or do, you know, work extra shifts. And it's just, it's, it's not, it's It's not. Yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing. And so what we're doing is we are choosing to spend a majority of our time together working on the things that we mutually think is going to work. Uh, it's going to be artful and, and beneficial and, and entertaining and just exciting. I don't know. That's another reason that we're going to Texas and mm-hmm. when we leave tomorrow. Oh yeah, we are. That's, that's are going to be fun. Because we're going with the expressed intent to take Martin with us and to pre-production scout and and plan and shoot the Kickstarter video, but basically get this movie to a place that we are worthy of the money we're going to be asking for people. Absolutely. From people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, God, man, I'm so excited. This movie's uh, going to be amazing. I was going to ask you, at what part of the process um, are we in album world? Oh, um, musically for me. Yeah. Like, like we are at, we're like in the first, like still 15% of the whole, the whole project, um, from beginning to end. Like we're still in the preparations mode. So we're, we're at the point in which you're still holed up in your room pretty much by yourself making these demos. Making a completed idea, which is what we're going to do is to film you know, some things, film a trailer. Yeah. That's the thing We we don't even have this completed idea. You know, we, we just, we still just ran across this story and we, I don't know, we, we had some pretty, pretty hefty ambitions, but we've got to a point now that it's, it's, it's a, it's a fully crafted idea in our heads. Now we need to send it to reality mm-hmm. and allow the rest of the world to kind of be like, Oh, that's what they want to do. Yeah. Cool. I was going to say from what you were saying earlier about like, needing things lined up. Yeah. What was that article I, uh, Shelby sent you? Mm-hmm. I, John sent it to me. I sent it to oh, Shelby. Oh, manifest your own desires. It's literally keeping your brain. It's like prayer. Yeah. You keep your mind on what you want to yeah. happen. Yeah. And you know your abilities. You know you've been paid throughout your entire life to do the craft that you know how to do. Yeah. Um, so it's literally just, it's, I think it's the, the thing that, that makes it so hard to do art. Yeah. Is you're balancing this, where we've been taught as, as a world, you know, as people, citizens of a country, like it's good to make money and do all these things. So that's where we base our value is how much money we were able to generate. Exactly. But then when you focus for a little bit on your art, you realize how much it really does take to put your true heart into something. Yeah. And then it really hits you hard when you're having to look on the other side of the fence at what you need to get back to in order to get back to where you really want to be, which is just making art. And it's, yeah, you never, you never want to, well, it's kind of become you never want to get off the couch to stop watching Netflix because you got to go do some work or you got to go do those things. That should be the opposite. It should be the exact opposite. You should be taking a break, but you should be ready to go. You should be wanting to continue to do those things. You should it shouldn't you shouldn't have to be looking at a burden. 
Definitely, um, yeah. in order to get back to the thing that you really want to do. It's it's kind of a skewed view of, of the world that society has right now that most people would still rather sit and watch Netflix or play video games. And work is the burden for them. And hey, 100 years after the uh, Fed Reserve was put into action, yeah. this is kind of what's happening this to people. This is where we are. People are reclusing up into content and content, content, content. We're losing our sense of community for real to where things are getting out of hand and yeah. inhumane. So yeah. it's like, let's try to pull some of the reins back on. And it's, it's not like you have to construct society to do this. It's let people be free, like let people think and create new ways to make better products or better uh, system management. I right. don't know. You know, well, people can't be scared of it because I, I, I remember having, you know, some kind of emotional ups and downs when I was making the atrium and, and, you know, kind of having this come up right now is something that I can't be fearful of because it's part of making the process. It's not part of making the process. It is part of the process of making this art. Um, and it's going to make me a better and stronger person because next time I will, again, I'll have had that seven year old conversation with myself and it's like, Hey, so what did we learn here? What, what different things can we do next time? I'm going to try that one. I'm going to do this. It's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, even if you, even if you like look yourself in the mirror, just like try and, you know what you look like at seven years old. But no, I mean, it is, it, it, there is something to having your own inner dialogue because that's what we do anyway. People do it. Like we all, like, it's hard for people to admit, like, look at yourself in the mirror and talk to yourself. You're not talking to yourself like a crazy person. You're literally internally, um, having a logical conversation with yourself instead of an emotional erratic conversation about why you spilled tea, you know? See, but that's the thing. I, you know, I, I don't remember when I've mentioned this before, um, but recently I've come into a new way of thinking and trying to, to problem solve, and that's putting myself in an emotional state and trying to project my emotional state when this problem is solved. And then keep that in the forefront of my mind. And then I know my abilities. I know I can get past this. That's what I tried over this past week. I'm like, okay, I have to try and force myself to to feel the way I know I'm going to feel when I'm done with this. When yeah. this thing is, uh, I'm no longer funked out. And even though I'm still funked out, I'm like, okay, I'm doing things. I went and read a bunch about this, this Woodrow Wilson shit. I, you know, I went down some rabbit holes I was still funked, but I was like, no, I know I'm going to feel better. And so I just dove in and eventually I felt better because I knew my strength. I knew what would, what would allow me to disconnect from that negative emotion. And so I, I, instead of having a logical conversation with myself, because at that point, if I'm in an emotional state and I try and have a logical conversation with myself, that's when it gets to the point of, yeah, you're just a motherfucking piece of shit. Who's never going to get a job again. You asshole, yeah. you know, like those kinds of things. And you don't, you don't have those kinds of conversations with seven year olds. You shouldn't have those conversations with seven year olds. If you're having conversations like that with seven year olds, you're damaging a child. <laughs> you are damaging a future human being. I mean, don't do that. But it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't work your way out of things too. It's like, exactly. We well, all no, have course, the ability to be taught certain things. But I think in our spirits, no matter what you learn, you get to choose your entire process of growing. And that's, we're never supposed to be at point B. We're always in the in-between. Like point B is when we, we take our last breath and then we go to wherever that is or even, whatever yes, that is. You're, even if when you get anything. to point B, you're still in the middle of your next point A, point B. We, we look at it. Well, it's like people have a lot of, like I had a lot of um, 
self-esteem issues, like where I would just, I get so mad at myself about things and I'm like, that's just terrible to do to myself. Like, I know that's not right. I shouldn't beat myself up because I'm trying to grow and I believe in growth. So that's every step of the way because I'm recognizing whenever I feel a certain way, I'm, it's like, okay, if I can recognize I'm angry at myself, why am I angry? Yeah. Oh, it's because I did this. Oh, well, I need to stop doing that. You know, so how do I stop doing that? Okay, I need to figure out this. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but see, that's no. <clears throat> okay. So, so I guess, I guess what I kind of experienced was a way to try and combat an emotional irrationality, because you can't battle you can't battle somebody who's going to be an emotional. Re- you know, uh, an emotional somebody wreck. who gets in, emotionally drunk at a wedding or something like that. You can't reason with them. You have to, you have to, a lot of times you have to kind of get them out and then deal with them. You have to deal with them a very special way. So I can't imagine that I'm going to be able to reason my way out of an irrational, emotional fucking response, like me getting depressed and funked out. That's why people get in fistfights is there's no real clean communication happening. It just becomes. So I had to, I had to rely on my knowledge that I know how to change my emotional state. I know that I can change my emotional state. What emotional state do I want next? Yeah. And I had to try and project myself in Sassy. that. And then the logic, I knew I knew the logic and it was just going to, it was just going to come to me. So, you know, that's, that's, that was just my kind of little experiment. And I, I, I urge people out there to, when you, when you think of something that you've done, you especially, man, you're, you're a big critique of yourself. Uh, you're a big critic not a critique. You're a critic <laughs> of yourself on these shows. And rightly For so. Sure. You, you, if anybody's going to say shit about what you fool. have to say, it yeah. should be you. You know, you're, you're, you're owed that. But it, it, look at it from the guise of yours, you talking to a seven-year-old and see what you, yeah. see what you think. I'll, do, I'll give it a time. shot. I will do it. You know, everybody should, should try that. Like when you burn, Put burn on a onesie. something next time you, I mean, remember the first time you cooked that thing. You you might have burned it that first time. Is your your you know is your mom gonna fucking yell at you and throw it in your face and like call you a worthless hunk of slime? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. There, Some moms would. You know, and if you're listening, well, again, that might just be that might just be my mom. Um, I don't know. She was looking out. I think a really loving good mother, looking out mom. Someone who's really loving and not because people just. Again, like when people behave certain ways that's that are negative and they teach their kids like really bad habits yeah. or negative habits or whatever. Um I don't really think that reflects who that person is still. I still think it's um misguided choices based on their own emotional reactions to just to to things that are supposedly outside of our control. They don't know self-control clearly yeah. because they're teaching their children stuff that they should have known better to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? They learn Absolutely. by example. So it's interesting, but at the same time, be grateful for it. I mean, dude, I was thinking this is our Thanksgiving show. It is. Gosh. So what are you, what are you thankful for? I was just going to say, I'm thankful for being able to assess. Like, like, I think it's important for people to assess their emotions. Like if you feel something, don't see that as a negative thing, take it in and, and see it as an opportunity to learn more about yourself and how you want to move forward and how you, and what kinds of things can, cause me like the things that I think about that get me to a certain point. Like how can I continuously, and that's the beauty is I always know there's, there's hope somewhere. And I don't know why the hell I even believe that anymore, but yeah. I do believe it in yeah. my core that there's some ability that humanity does, uh, inherently possess. Yeah. 
where we have the ability to really make some changes with the way we think about stuff and the way we interact together with love. And, and that to me is what I'm thankful for. I can still recognize that in all the shit I look at and try to dive into and understand. Uh, I mean, I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for my family that they still love me and I'm, I'm not around them half the time. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, in, it's yeah, but you're going to be more than a lot of time. family. I'm about to go dive in. I miss everybody like insanely. That's great, dude. I'm excited yeah. for you, man. Like I just as excited as I was when you were doing your album earlier this year. I was like, fuck yes, man. Joe's doing music. And then dude, it's going to be man. like, hell yeah. Joe's going, <laughs> going to see his family. I mean, you love your family. Yeah. You fucking talk about your family as much as I talk about my family and we're about to go see my family. That's that. I appreciate you going to Texas and, you know, spending as much time as we're about to spend among my family. Um, and Martin coming to, to experience Thanksgiving for, you know, yeah. Texas Thanksgiving. For that's the first time. Fun. So, you know, that's going to be a lot of fun. I am thankful that Ian, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful <laughs> that I, I'm, I'm thankful that I possess the abilities that I do because I... He's levitating things. No, I mean, um, I'm thankful that I'm capable because there are a lot of people that are not capable. And me, even me previously, like I, I was not capable of having that kind of inspired logical reasoning for getting myself, you know, dealing with my mood. Like in previous lives... I would have, you know, just a hero like, of a thousand faces. Yeah, I would have been a slave to it. Yeah, I mean, it would have been something that I, I couldn't, couldn't necessarily have controlled. So I know that there are people out there that are not in, in touch with themselves or in touch with their emotions or anything like that. So I, I'm thankful for my, my openness of mind, I guess. Yeah. You know, which I, it sounds like a very selfish thing, um, but it, it is my openness of mind and my ability uh, and my ability to not connect with, with some of the atrocities that are going on in this yeah. world that gives me the hope in humanity. And so that it, in, in relation, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful yeah. that I have hope in humanity and in, in what we're going to do because I know what I'm capable of. And if I'm capable of it, everybody is. You everybody is it, capable of everything they want to do. You said it sounds selfish, but it's not. I mean, I think it's the most selfless thing you can do is get to know yourself as deeply as you can so you know how to love other people. Because if you don't do that, how are you ever going to be able to love people with a genuine heart? Yeah. You know, I, I, I see a sense of like, like we've drawn this line where it's so like, it's not looked upon as this very, it looks, it's looked upon as selfish to go self enlighten yourself, to go learn about things. I mean, if you yeah. really think about it, yeah. someone who goes to college, who the fuck does that guy think in the hood? You Your know, mom goes you're going to go and learn, you're going to go and get better than us, you know? So it's not even about that. It's about your brain wants to know more about things that are, are happening. Yeah. And to turn that internal, to discover who you are emotionally and why you act a certain way so you can have more self-control. Yeah. That to me is a, a service absolutely to, to everyone else that you come in contact with. It's an incredibly powerful tool. Um, my mother uh, instilled in me, um, well, she instilled in me the necessity to understand discipline and to understand how, th how things work, how the system works, how the structures are all you know set up. Like I was... I'm, I'm well aware of how things work in air quotes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but she always fostered in us the desire to think for ourselves, 
but within the confines of the box, but think for ourselves. And so just don't ask questions, Ian. Well, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily even in that it, it was, it was ask questions, but at a certain point, the answer kind of, you know, especially when it came to church or the Bible always came back to just faith. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, I feel like, don't be a toad. I feel like this is all I got for you. You know, like that's, and I'm like, I, so not that, not that she fell short. The fact that she taught me both of those things definitely has allowed me to flip it around to where the support is not, you know, it was it was living in the world supported by the ability Definitely. to ask questions and be be curious and so i flipped it on its end and it's like okay i've got this hot air balloon of open mindedness and curiosity underneath i'm sitting in a basket of discipline yeah. and and i know how and and that's taking me up dude wow. instead of fucking dude. Underneath, hiding under a bushel, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let it shine. <laughs> um, but sorry, that was the fucking most random past outburst I could have come up with. You had to do it. Sometimes you um, just gotta go hide air. But that was that was kind of a that was kind of a little aha moment. I'm glad you you caught on to it because there's that box of the uh, you know covering the light, and that's where most people live. Yeah, that is where most people live. And if you flip it on its end, that light is gonna fucking boom beams up. It is. It's. It's. It becomes your hot air balloon, and it will take you wherever you want to go. I mean, that's. I mean, you said it. You said your mom taught you to think for yourself, and ultimately, it doesn't matter what kind of confine or construct you live in. Wherever yeah. you find yourself around the world, in whatever environment, ultimately, if you know you can think for yourself, yes, nothing can stop you from yes. thinking of anything, even if it makes you question what you grew up learning about. You know, and that's, I. I will never be able to go back to not questioning things. And oh, I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm, mm. I'm okay with that. I am thankful for my, my open mind. Yes. And uh, to all the turkeys out there, I'm so sorry for the things you're about to endure. <laughs> for real. It's sad. Yeah. It makes me sad. But it's delicious. I'm sorry. I it's delicious. Nope. I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy <laughs> my turkey. And I'm going to enjoy ham. Ham is, ham is nope. the second staple of Thanksgiving. Oh, it's not. But, you know, and I'm excited because my parents have not really had much experience with alternative eating styles. And this year they're going to have to deal with vegetarian and gluten-free. Don't point at me. You're the fucking vegetarian here, man. But I told you, I, Vivian, not that, no. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Larry, I will provide my own food. You do not have to cook for me. You don't have to cater to my needs. Dude, I can the, take care of what I need. I just have to hit a grocery store. My parents are fucking hosts, man. I know, but provide I feel bad when you, people have to like bend around. Like we, we, can cook, we can cook meals for everybody and go buy our own shit like we do here. We should definitely do we some- We should, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But as far as Thanksgiving goes, man, well, you're going to be in fucking Austin, but for the rest of it, like my parents host, man, that's, that's what it is. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so psyched to, uh, get to spend the week and hang out and get this, this trailer done, get our Kickstarter video done. And it's going to be awesome guys, some cool shits around the corner. And, uh, we are on the precipice of episode 59. Into no, 60. this is a yo. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. So we are moving we're jumping into off the diving board. Everybody, new territory. Yeah, next show, is dude, is leaving gonna be, our fifties. Next show is literally gonna be us. Oh, we on the no other side idea. of this project. That's awesome. Well, no, not necessarily. Maybe I don't know. I don't know when of we're our shooting do this. days. We have no idea when we're gonna record this show next. Who's gonna be on the show? What we're gonna That's be true. talking about? A lot gonna of stuff's gonna happen between now and then. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have a, a massive a massive throbbing show We're gonna <laughs> for our 60th. And we ain't going to need no Viagra. A massive pulsating show full of extravagance. <laughs> Big veiny bastard. Oh God. A lot of branches. We did. We went there. Of our elf tree. Um, and 
to wrap up everything that we've been talking about, which I think we are pro humanity. We're pro like figuring out ways to better our, our decision-making processes. And how does, how do we do that? I think it starts first with ourselves and then it does reverberate because you end up giving more for other people. Um, <laughs> I'm wrapping this up right now. It's no, but it's true though. You've got, you, uh, for a lot of things, you have to know how you're going to react to it first. And that requires knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be able to know how it's, know how you're going to react and know how you're going to move forward with it. So for a man Keep who going. signed into law, such a monstrous, monstrous, well, turned out to be such a monstrous a machine. Few. Yeah. Um, he had such amazing, beautiful quotes to say about the truth that I think he felt deep down. And here's the last one by Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. We're going to, we're going to end this on a high note. This, this goes out to all, all everyone that can connect to it. You are not here merely to make a living. You are here in order to enable the world to live more amply with greater vision, with a finer spirit of hope and achievement. You are here to enrich the world and you impoverish yourself if you forget the errand. Oh, goodness. So you get distracted by something on the way to the store and you just start dabbling in the old, let's do nefarious things. You end up abandoning your initial intent. I mean, humankind, we are a fickle breed. That is, we went under stress. (laughs) Ooh, a penny, you know, (laughs) that's, that's us. And and it's, it's just (laughs) depending on who's put, who's put that penny down on the ground. You never know who might jump you. Could be Inspector Gadget laying his daughter down, just punching her in the face. Like, I'm oh, kidding. That's terrible. Shit, he was man. a robot, dude. He was an AI. He could have gone he, crazy at any moment. He was, he was, was getting more like a RoboCop, though. He wasn't like AI. You got to teach a robot to love. And there won't be any pennies on the ground. <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving, universe. Happy this, Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> for this week on Hi Dare, I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And... <laughs> We gotta go. Follow us on Twitter at Hi Dare Pod. Get your ass online because uh, Hi Dare.com misses you.